you're listening to Let's Stay Together Anime Break, the sub-series of Let's Stay Together where we talk about Fruits Basket 2019. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And today we're discussing episode 12, which is called You Look Like You're Having Fun. So we're going to do a, our summary discussion and then any spoilery discussion, spoilery notes that we might have at the end. So this episode is the same content as chapters 19 and 20 of the manga. And I think in this one, as in some other episodes, very few things have changed. Like even the order of scenes is... Like, I think exactly the same. Um, if you want the detailed discussion from our episode about the manga chapters, you could listen to our podcast episode 10, which was called More Than a Little Courage. I noticed in the last couple of anime breaks, I forgot to like say which one was the one we talked about. So <laughs> this is anime break number 10. And find it yourself. Yeah, find it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can listen to episode 10. <laughs> I guess in all the descriptions, all the chapter numbers are there. So you could go and find it yourself, you know, if you're resourceful. <laughs> So this episode opens at the gang school, and the new semester has started, and now they're in second year, and the first years are so cute, Toru says. And it turns out that uh, Uo and Kyo didn't go to the opening ceremony because it's too annoying, quote-unquote. <laughs> Uo is wearing a mask because she has hay fever, uh, and she complains, and Kyo is like, take some drugs, and then she's like, they don't work. Maybe it was all the drugs I took in my youth, and he's like, what drugs? Which is still hilarious. Uh, Yuki is still helping with the ceremony committee, so he's not there. Uwa says that's rough. The love confessions will be starting soon. And of course we cut to the hallway, where just that comes true, as Yuki tries to help a girl who lost her ID. A gaggle of first-year girls assault him with their vital details. You know, name, age, zodiac sign, blood type, liking to take long walks on the beach, etc. <laughs> Uwa predicted it, of course. So back in the classroom, Uwa comments on how Yuki might end up a student council president this year, and Toru thinks he'd probably rather not. Tora's looking outside the window and she sees a black car pull up inside the school gate and she watches hesitantly as a man is helped out of the car by the driver. Uo sneezes, which distracts her, and then when she looks up again, the man is gone. And then we cut to the theme song. The end. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so back in class after the theme song, Toru is still staring after the car. Hana shows up and she says that she picked up Shigure's waves in the, I guess, in the audience of the opening ceremony or whatever. And Toru explains that he's here. We cut to the night before, where Shigure explains that Haku and Momichi are like brothers to him, and therefore he will attend. Yuki and Kyo stare, overtly suspicious, and Shigure continues to say that surely they don't think he's simply attending to ogle high school girls, right? He's an idiot, Hana says. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, you're saying there are more somas here now? Uo pipes up, and then she commands she and Hana command Kyo to go and fetch them. And Kyo is like, send her, pointing to Toru. I bet she was planning to greet them anyway. Hana comes to his side and puts her hand on his shoulder and then hovers over him threateningly, surrounded by a purple aura, and is like, why would I bother her with something like that? Uh, Kyo, of course, complains and argues, but he and Toru end up going together. And Uo comments as they leave that it's getting harder and harder for Kyo to say no to Toru. And Hana is like, it's interesting. So outside of a classroom in the hallway, Kyo finds some girls who are in Momiji and Haru's class to get them for him, and they hurry off excitedly. While he waits for them to come back, he hears some asshole guys talking about Toru, who's standing in the hallway behind him. See that girl over there? Isn't she cute? She looks pretty spacey, though. Suits me. A sort of girls are a pain, you know? Let's go talk to her. But before they can, Kyo pounds the wall above Toru's head. And the guys gasp in surprise, as does Toru. But not as much as the guys did. Toru looks up at him, and then Kyo grunts, and he looks back at the dumb boys. And then they run off, terrified, of course. Kyo sasses the story for being a ditz and then gently bonks her on the head as his his way. <laughs> yeah, karate chop for him this time. Yeah, instead of like a little, I don't know, like a fist, it was like a chop. <laughs> <laughs> At least be on the lookout when you're alone, he says. And she's like, right, and then looks super serious and focused. And then he's <laughs> like, I said, when you're alone. And then she's like, right. And there's like little music that accompanied both those things, which was hilarious. <laughs> I didn't mean that in a weird way, all right, he says. And Tori was like, what's weird about it? And then Kyo's like, what was I anxious for? Am I stupid? But this weird conversation of theirs is interrupted because <laughs> this weird conversation of theirs is interrupted by Momiji saying, hello, and running over happily. He's shown uh, running over wearing the girls' school uniform top and a hat, which appears to be custom because we've never seen anybody else wear the hat. <laughs> and like different like dark shorts, like maybe the gym shorts. Kyo looks annoyed, knocks him down, and then picks up Momiji by the lapels and shakes him. How am I supposed to be calm when he comes to school like this? Kyo says. Haru also appears 
shirt unbuttoned, necklaces a sparkle, accompanied by the soundtrack of a gentle ringing of a cowbell. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that, but there's like a little <laughs> ringing in the background, which is great. Kyo face palms. Momiji cries as Kyo berates him for wearing the girl's uniform. Even hot mess horror over there is better than that, yeah. Kyo says. <laughs> you... I'm really curious what that actually said. I don't I know. know. In, the dub, he's, in the dub, he said, even this wannabe playboy put on the right jacket. Yeah. Haru, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought that that was funny. I didn't look it up, but it was really funny. Like yeah. hot mess Haru. It's gonna be my new nickname for him. Um, <laughs> as calmly as ever, hot mess Haru. No, I'm just kidding. As, as calmly as ever, Haru comments that if it looks good on him, um, he doesn't see what the problem is. Yuki appears coming up the hall, and the first thing he says is, "I can't believe you're wearing that momichi." Haru runs up to him and grabs Yuki's shirt. And then Toru asks if he's done with uh, the work that he's doing, and Yuki says he isn't, he just came to check on them. Hey, guess what, Mumiji says. I got told not to run around at school because I might crash into a girl. So while I'm at school, I'm playing it cool, Mumiji says. <laughs> Which is still great. It was one of my favorite lines from the manga, and it's there, also. <laughs> cool, Kyo asks, in that outfit? Your dubiousness is justified, Kyo Soma of Class 2D, a voice calls. An older boy student appears, accompanied by two girls. And some very dramatic music. Yes, and then they stop and they <laughs> pose with their hands on their hips as they walk over, which is hilarious and also dramatic. <laughs> All the while, the guy comments on how Kyo's orange hair bothers him, but a boy wearing a girl's uniform is unprecedented, shameless. The teachers may allow it, but he will not, because he is Makoto Takei, otherwise known as the commander of the school defense force. And then the girls clap after he says that, like a little golf clap <laughs> my notes for this section just say lol at the president's intro <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> it's a full there's like a bunch of um like really uh dramatically animated backgrounds like when he holds his hand up and he's yelling <laughs> um and then i loved how they all stopped and like posed with their hands on their hips it was really yeah. funny it's all just really good <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> most of this scene is really great all the interaction <laughs> with the president um, so the girls clap, and then Makoto turns his attention to Hatsaru. So he's already, like, been sassing Momiji. Now he's going to sass Hatsaru, and he chastises Haru for his hair and his jangly jewelry, which is funny. Uh, Makoto, of course, doesn't believe that his hair color is natural. And then he turns back to Momiji again. And what about you, Momiji? Is that your natural self? Have you no male pride? If you're like this at your age, your life is on the fast track to failure. And of course, Momiji is upset and protests, saying that the uniform looks better on him. And Toru actually steps in between them and asks Makoto not to be so harsh on Momiji. Makoto says that he isn't being harsh, he's just expressing an opinion in accordance with common sense. Shut up, Haru says. Kyo and Makoto look nervous. They're the only ones who are on screen. They look nervous. Fine, let me ask you. Are, you, are guys wearing neckties never muggers? Are guys with piercings never bullies? Do guys with black hair never murder people? And all the while, Kyo and Toru are like, uh, Haru, uh, like there's interspersed of them trying mm -hmm. to calm Haru down. Haru picks up Makoto by the shirt and is like, who do you think you are, eh, god? Black has arrived, they all think. <laughs> Haru continues to yell and shake Makoto and the gang tries to get him to cut it out. Haru turns his attention to Kyo and then drops Makoto who slumps to the floor and he ends up shit-talking and arguing with Kyo while the girls who came with Makoto try to like get him to snap out of it. Haru turns to the girls to try to reason with them, and he convinces them that the outfit is okay by saying Mumiji will grow eventually. What's the harm in waiting to dress like a man until then? And then we see a preview of hot future Momiji holding a lollipop, and the girls cry at the power and beauty of this image. And in the, in the, um, in the subtitled version, he says, like, want some candy, but in the dub, he said, want a taste? And I was like, oh my god! <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the dub has is more, there's a lot more, like, innuendo. Yeah. Unless it's just innuendo that we do, it's translated in the subtitles or something, but... Maybe. I don't know. There's a couple of things that I remember. There was some, like, pun that Shigure said in that mm -hmm. one episode. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what it was, but... Anyway, so, want to taste, <laughs> Momiji says. <laughs> Makoto, however, isn't so easily won over. But it turns out that Haru is a master of pathos and asks, what if Yuki wore the girl's uniform? And then you can see in the background... The girls are still crying, and Makoto reacts with shock and imagines Yuki in the girls' uniform. It's fine, he says, also crying. And then, um, in the... 
I think he just calls him president, but it, the way that it was translated was like uh, Eric Vale going, Mr. President, in the, yeah. <laughs> in the thing, and it was really good. <laughs> I was like, oh dear. Reference I wasn't expecting in Fruits Basket. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fine, Yuki says. <laughs> I'm cutting ties with you if you don't quit it, he says to Haru. It was just rhetorical, don't be mad, Hataru replies. See, I was right. He's a master a master of pathos. <laughs> For now, the argument seems to have been sufficiently won, so Makoto turns his attention back to Haru's hair. But Haru is a master of logos as well, and he drags Makoto off to the bathroom to prove it to him. And it's also really great when he's dragging him off to the bathroom, because, like, his feet, like, drag and, like, squeak on the floor, which is really funny. <laughs> like, the sound effects while he's dragging him are hilarious. My favorite detail is that the girls are still, like, on their knees in the worshipful pose yeah, still... around them. <laughs> the whole time they're still crying and they're, yes, worshipping the image of Momiji, um, which is great. <laughs> From the bathroom, we hear a scream and then Makoto, <laughs> Makoto and Haru leave the bathroom and Makoto, like, cleans his glasses and it turns out that um, he acknowledges the incontrovertible proof that he has just witnessed. You win for today, he says, and then he retreats with the girls. After they're gone, Toru turns to Hataru and is like, uh, how did you prove your natural hair color? And Yuki and Kyo are so uncomfortable that they go grayscale. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do it and find out, Haru says, caressing her face. I'm in if you are. You know, these are the certain things and uncertain things that Haru was referring <laughs> to in the episode where he was introduced, right? <laughs> we don't have to be hugging, too. But then he's cut off by Yuki and Kyo putting the smack down on him. Yuki and Kyo pant in unison, saying, The black one is the one I can't handle. Don't worry about it, Honda-san. And Haru suddenly sits up calmly and says, I'm kind of tired now. <laughs> <laughs> and Yuki and Kyo are like, You're tired, of course. <laughs> um, the bell rings, so they end up needing to split up. Toru asks if they wouldn't mind meeting her friends after school. Momiji agrees. And then he asks Yuki and Kyo to stay behind for a second, so Toru heads back to class. And after she leaves, Kyo's like, what's with the formal request? You know, I'll thrash you if it's something dumb, which is great. <laughs> I like how all of the jokes from the manga that we thought were hilarious, they kept. <laughs> which is, this is one of them. <laughs> where they're like, if it's if it's stupid, I'll, I'll hit you or something. I can't remember exactly what he said. <laughs> we cut to outside. Um, we can see the cherry trees are blooming at the school because, of course, it's springtime, right? Toru comments on what a big fun to do it all was to herself. You look like you're having fun, a mysterious voice calls. And then we cut back to school where Momiji, uh, it turns out that Momiji wasn't fucking around. <laughs> I heard we have a visitor, Momiji says. Yuki's eyes widen. Back outside we see a slender man all in black, and the wind blows and rustles his hair. Akito, Momiji says. So we cut to black, and then fade in, and there's this kind of like flower petal transition between all of this scene. We hear Yuki's narration as we pan down. There are things that I wanted, things that I pictured inside that dark room. And then we see baby Yuki in a traditionally but sparsely decorated room, and he's covering his ears. They were, he says, and then the narration cuts off. And we cut back to Toru in the present, who gasps, and we see Akito turn and walk toward her. And we can hear Haru while Akito's walking. Apparently Akito suddenly said, I'll come along. We thought we should tell you, especially if you didn't want to cross paths, Momiji adds. Yuki turns to leave, and the others look after him as he does. Outside, again... Akito approaches Toru. And she remembers seeing him in the car at the main house when she went to visit Tori after the Kobe mm -hmm. festival. Akito-san, she says. That's right, Honda Toru-san, he says. And Toru suddenly panics and then introduces herself, bowing very deeply and respectfully. While her head is still bowed, she wonders why Akito suddenly came to school and if they should really be meeting so casually. She didn't expect someone so young and just as beautiful as Yuki. And, she thinks, this is the one who hurt Tori's eye. Well, you strike me as feminine and gentle. Thank goodness he seemed to be a good person and quite cute, Akito says, smiling. Toru's like, no, no, no. And Akito's like, eh, heh, don't get flustered. You really are cute. Which is like, if you listen to, it struck me in the, um, in the subtitle version as the fakest laugh in the world. It was like <laughs> so intense. I can't remember exactly what the dub one sounded like, but I was like, oh no, <laughs> when Akito left. <laughs> So we cut back inside the school, um, like we cut back inside the school and we see Akito and Toru outside. So it's like a view from inside of the school and their conversation continues. Akito apologizes for not introducing himself sooner. And then Yuki sees them. He panics and he like presses his hand against the glass 
And then we see his face looking concerned and also determined as Akito asks Toru, you're not angry though, right? And she says, no, not at all. And then we, Yuki runs off. So we cut back to the kind of like exterior hallway where Akito and Toru are. So like back in their perspective. And Akito formally introduces himself and Toru bows again. Akito seems softer than I imagined somehow, she thinks. I like us to get along well, Akito says and smiles. Shigure's evil smile, I wrote <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> and please take care of Yuki and the others. Akito, we hear. And then they turn around. They both turn around to see that Yuki has arrived. Ah, Yuki, I've missed you, Yuki. You know, it feels like it's been forever since I last saw you. You're looking grown up and taller, Akito says, approaching Yuki with arms open. Face still kind of terrifyingly smiling from before. And in the dub, Akito calls Yuki my boy, which is yeah. extra creepy. Oh, so <laughs> creepy. The whole scene, with every, this whole, especially this part when Yuki shows up, it's like extra creepy. Mm-hmm. From the time that Akito like smiles at Toru and they introduce themselves to like this point is creepy and then this part is extra creepy yeah mm-hmm. it's like yuki my boy you're so big or whatever <laughs> like it's so weird so uncomfortable what did you do yuki asks and he stutters in the japanese version he kind of there's a point where he stutters which we never hear yuki do like ever and i was like "Ooh, it was great mm-hmm. it felt really good really sad <laughs> but good yeah so what did you do yuki stutters what did you do to Honda-san? And Akito's smile. Akito's smile doesn't change at all. And Akito tilts his head and says nothing. I was just introducing myself. And then Akito turns back to Toru and is like, right, Toru-san? I was just introducing myself. And she's like, uh, yes, of course. Because, like, what else can you say? <laughs> so Akito turns back to Yuki and says, in a much, much darker tone of voice, more importantly, Yuki, there's something I really want to ask you. So Akito closes the distance between them and caresses Yuki's face. And as he does, Yuki's expression changes from determination to terror. Why'd you skip New Year's? Why would you do that? And when I've become so generous lately, Akito says. And we zoom in on Akito's face, who's still smiling, a truly chilling smile at this point. And Akito says, when you do things like that, it seriously hurts my feelings. And then it cha- the perspective changes to Yuki's terrified face. Akito continues, do I have to re-educate you, I wonder? In your special room and we see the same scene from earlier of baby yuki on the floor covering his ears and another child with dark hair who presumably is akito paints dramatically on the wall with a crazed expression and we see baby yuki's wide terrified eyes before transitioning back to the president will i be forced to spend long days teaching you prop- the proper disposition again akito says yuki visibly shakes and toru seems to realize like she can see kind of what's happening although later she says that she can't hear what they're saying yeah, another creepy dub addition. Akito says, or have you learned to be a good boy? Yeah. <laughs> the whole dialogue is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Toru suddenly steps in and pushes Akito. And then there's an awkward silence before she manages to sputter. I'm sorry, but we have to get back to our classroom or, or we'll get in trouble. Oh, right. Akito says, sorry, I should go back to Shigure and the others. They must be worried. And Akito smiles softly again and then turns to Yuki and says, Yuki, I hope you have a fun school life here. And then Akito begins to walk away, but looks back over his shoulder and says, it'd make me happy if you come visit sometime soon, and then slowly walks off. Just the whole exchange is terrifying. It's really creepy. Mm-hmm. From the second floor hallway, Kyo and Akito make eye contact. So Kyo sees Akito walking away. And we zoom in on Kyo, who looks angry and scared. Like, you can see his pupils are super narrow and, like, kitty-like, which we very rarely see, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So we cut back to Toru and Yuki, who are both looking at their hands, which I thought was interesting. So Yuki's hands are shaking, right? So he's looking at his hand, and Toru looks at hers because she just, like, pushed Akito dramatically. Mm-hmm. Toru thinks, I shoved my way between them without thinking. I didn't know what they were talking about, but... And then she looks over at Yuki, whose hand is still shaking. I think Akito must be someone scary. That look, she thinks, imagining Akito's scary, scary smile <laughs> from before. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what hostility means? Am I hated? She wonders but and yuki asks if akito really uh, didn't do anything strange to her and toru says they were really just saying hello and yuki looks relieved but why akito-san hates me isn't the most important thing right now she thinks yuki-kun let's play she says and invites him to hang out with her friends after school right now she thinks i just want to banish the terror of akito-san from yuki-kun's mind and then we transition to later that afternoon so all this part is like this last part from when akito shows up is like the last 10 minutes of the episode just for the record (laughs) So we cut to um, later that afternoon, and the kids are all playing badminton, as it turns out. But really intense badminton. Really intense. There are no rules, <laughs> as it turns out. 
Kyo joins regardless, and Uo and Kyo should talk to each other, of course. And Yuki asks what the rules are, and he's like, I don't, why are we in teams? And like, what are the rules? <laughs> Which is really funny. <laughs> Uo and Hana explain, there are no rules. You serve with all your might, you return with all your might. I suppose you could say the first one to collapse loses, Hana explains. <laughs> um, Haru says, I like it, it's simple. And Kyo's like, it's too simple. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's really good. It's so funny. <laughs> So they end up setting up on the court, and then we hear ready, go, and then we see the shuttlecock fly through the air. Um, we transition to the main house, where Shigure and Hattori are talking. Torakun's ugly, apparently, Shigure says. And then he says, um, he talks about how on the ride home, we see Shigure and Akito in the car together. Akito says she's really ugly, the worst. She seems so, she seems stupid, too. With a pathetic girl like that, I don't need to worry. Nikito smiles, a dark, grinchy-looking kind of smile. <laughs> Yuki is bound to come back to me. After all, he's still scared when he sees me. That proves he can't forget me, doesn't it? And then Shigure, in the present, says, If you lock a kid up in a dark room and psychologically torture him for that long, the concern evident in his voice. We cut to a scene from the past. Yuki is on his knees and looking down, grasping Shigure's sleeve. And Shigure stands. Get me out, Yuki begs. Get me out of here. And we fade back to the present. Shigure says, I guess that would be hard to forget. But Akito doesn't understand. Just as there are people who inflict pain, there are people who try to soothe that pain. If nothing else, that gives us courage, Hattori says. Plus there's one other thing, Shigure says, leaning back. Torakun is cute. You just got a lover. <laughs> that sounds criminal coming from you, Hattori says. So we cut back to school, and we hear Yuki's narration. That continues from before. So from about the middle of this episode. There are things that I wanted, things that I pictured to myself. Parents who would hug me. A home that I would return to. A place where everyone smiled. A me that everyone wouldn't leave. And there's some nice, like, soft piano music in the background. And while he, when he says each of those things, we see different people. We see Kyo, Uo, Haru, Momiji, and Hana trying their hardest at badminton. Or if you're Hana, just simply standing there and holding the racket to hit. <laughs> Yuki looks over at Toru and the narration continues. A warm place, a warm person. We see him smiling contentedly and he says they really exist. There's another, like, scene of the birdie being hit and flying. They're real, he says. And then we transition to later that evening, where everyone but Hana is panting and exhausted. <laughs> um, she takes off, and so does Uo, Momiji, and Haru. I was worried at first, Haru says, looking over at Yuki. But Yuki seems okay, and he thanks Toru. Mom, Toru thinks. I met the head of the Soma family today. He struck me as an unusual person. Is he one of Zodiac, too? To be honest, I felt a little scared of him. Yuki interrupts her narration by saying, should we go home, too? Toru's narration continues, but after spending time with my friends, that fear feels worlds away. And then we cut to credits. And then that in the credits, the additional like thing of Yuki and Toru's hands being close together is still there. Mm-hmm. Just for the record. The end. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. The first thing that you asked me today, when before we started recording, was, did you watch the dub also? And the answer is yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> And then I also looked up who was playing Akito, and it's Colleen Clinkenbeard. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if we discussed this before. I don't think we did on the podcast, or maybe yeah, I, I think we did amongst ourselves. I don't think we did on the possibly awesome podcast. Yeah, Colleen Clinkenbeard did an amazing job. I felt mm-hmm. if you're a sub only listener, I would recommend at least popping over to listen to Akito's scene in this episode because yeah. it's uh, really well done. It was good. I mean, all of them were good. Yeah, they're all good, but. You know, you get a lot more uh, Akito in this anime than the previous anime, so like you kind of know the other ones are good because they've already done it. But <laughs> this is a new actress for Akito and, and a different kind of approach to the character in this series, I think. I think so. I think that the they bring. I think in the original anime, Akito is treated as this like super kind of mysterious, obviously like dangerous person, but I feel like somehow more so mysterious. And I feel like yeah, you get a lot less Akito in the original. I think you do. I mean, this scene I think is in the original, mm-hmm. and it's just as dramatic. But I think the thing that's interesting about this is that, and I can't, I haven't watched that episode recently, so I'm not exactly sure. But the interesting thing about this episode, especially, is how like manipulative Akito comes off. I think mm-hmm. rather than just being kind of like mysterious and scary, yeah. it's like the manipulation is very clear, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I think he was treated as more of kind of like an almost like an omnipotent, otherworldly kind of threat. Mm-hmm. Not just like a super manipulative person. Yeah, he's more like person. A, a more down-to-earth, realistic kind of dangerous person. Yeah, <laughs> a more realistic, <laughs> dangerous person. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, it's I definitely recommend if you watch one or the other, I recommend watching both actually if you can. Mm-hmm. Um because Akito's voice actor in Japanese is also like off the chain, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like she's doing things with her voice that is so menacing, like it's really really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I deeply appreciate it. So. Yeah. And then like I said, I think the way that um the actor who plays Yuki as well played this part really interestingly because I feel like we haven't seen Yuki be kind of clearly like weak position before in the series Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking back usually he's really calm and kind of like reserved right yeah sometimes he like gets sassy with Kyo but in this case like the way that his voice is is like clearly terrified which is really cool (laughs) so yeah I highly recommend both of these both versions of these episodes yeah this was a really good one. I was pleased. And I was pleased all the mm-hmm. jokes were there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like every every joke that was good is still there and like nothing. Mm-hmm. I think there's, it's interesting because, so no, basically nothing was cut, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. But I did feel like, so there's the part in the middle where Yuki says there was something that I wanted in that dark room or whatever. And it's, so there's two chapters that are covered here in the manga. That is the beginning of the second chapter. So it felt a little bit disjointed to me. It's like there's like a keto shows up and then it doesn't roll straight into the next thing. It's like we get this cut from Yuki first. Mm-hmm. And I felt a little bit disjointed to me personally. Like I think it might have been better narratively to put it somewhere else in the episode. Like maybe at the beginning or whatever. But I just think it was kind of meant to be jarring. Maybe. It's like everyone's kind of shocked at Akito showing up. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting also because, like, there is a really clear transition where we have the, like, uh, the cherry blossom petals falling in between there. Mm-hmm. So, like, visually, I think the transition is pretty seamless. And then, yeah, I don't know. It could be, you couldn't, I think, like, it's it's definitely jarring. So, therefore, if that's what mm-hmm. they're going for, it's a good choice. And I think the other thing is, like, um, it cuts. So, like, both of these chapters, they have, they clearly have certain themes i feel like we've talked about them before in our episode of things like identity and things like gender identity and stuff like that we're talking about momiji's outfit um but i also feel like the way that it's split it feels a little just disjointed to me still like i wonder if there is some overall themes of of all the things that happen where keto is there making people uncomfortable maybe there's something like um the president the president is there for at first trying to just trying to be really controlling i guess not necessarily being successful and then akito is there in a i guess a similar a contrasting position of authority also being really controlling and manipulative in like an actually scary way so mm-hmm. yeah i don't know anyway that's just my thoughts i didn't <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have a I don't know. I thought that it was interesting. It feels a little bit more disconnected because of that break in the middle or because of that scene in the middle I felt in the anime than it did in the manga. Cause like, I guess there's actually a, you know, there's like a page flip in between or something. Mm-hmm. It kind of puts you in a different mindset, I think. Yeah. I think that's like kind of meant to sort of bring you down to the slightly darker tone of mm-hmm. the second half of the episode. Yeah. That definitely has to happen because the to first have, half yeah, is like you got super... a break between the comedy to. Yeah. It's all like uh, comedy, 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 and then like mm-hmm. super downer. So yeah, which is also I feel like a common thing in a group. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there'll be something really funny for a while, and then it'll be super like depressing and dark. Yeah, but then it always gets resolved, which it did at the end through badminton, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the best way to resolve conflict. <laughs> yeah, it must be, especially if you play with all your might. Mm-hmm. I do think the animation. Uh went really far in emphasizing the like emotions of the latter half of the episode mm-hmm. like i have a note that just is like yuki's terror and kyo's fury because like those are those like really intensely on display yeah like even more so than the manga i think like when I it cut so. into the close-up on kyo's face i was like oh shit he's pissed yeah. like <laughs> he just looks kind of grumpy yeah like even on akito's face too like in the manga i feel like i think you're first of all i think you're you're dead on and second with Kyo, he looks kind of, like, annoyed that Akito is there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look enraged, which I think yeah. is, like, the way that he looks in this scene. Yeah, he looks, like, absolutely furious. Yeah. Yeah, which is also really interesting. And then Akito looks so, like, I, I put, I described it as conceited. There's some thing about Akito's expression, especially in that scene. It's just like, yeah, I'm here. What of it? <laughs> like, yeah. 
Um, one, yeah, one part I really liked was um, right after Toru pushes Akito, mm-hmm. you get the kind of like shadow on his face at mm-hmm. first. So you can't actually see what his expression is until he like changes it to like a polite like, yes. oh, of course, I see. You can just like, it's like, oh, like I just imagine him being like really, really angry Curious. at that moment, but you can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like that scene was more realistic than the original anime, like the way the action is. Because in I remember mm-hmm. clearly in the original one, she like pushes Akito and there's just like dramatic like yeah. push. And then she's like, we got to go or whatever. And it's a little over the top. But this is more like if someone really pushed you in real life, like there's this awkward silence. And then mm-hmm. Toru's like, uh, uh, we have to go to class. And then, yeah, you're right. Like Akito doesn't say anything for a bit and then looks up with this like face like okay everything's fine definitely Mm. wasn't secretly like (laughs) i don't know (laughs) secretly furious at you for like yeah it was really interesting Mm -hmm. i think yeah i do think that their emotions are all of them even in the beginning part too like even in the kind of comedic part like there's a lot more exaggeration to their emotions maybe even more so than in the in the anime like the i mean in the manga the person that i'm thinking of is momiji Mm. when the president is sassing him for his wardrobe choice he's got his like bunny ears out which i can't remember Mm -hmm. if that was the same in the manga but he's also he's really sad um yeah which i think is it comes across well too yeah and like all the animation on the president and the two girls is all really (laughs) there's really well done comedy animation there yeah there's so many little light touches of um like motion and stuff he like wiggles his legs and then he straightens them but Haruki's pulling him so his shoes squeak and then he wiggles them again or something like mm-hmm. it's really funny yeah Yuki's terrified face is very disconcerting as a yeah. as a viewer which is I mean it's good it's supposed to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. so yeah I feel like this part was appropriately uncomfortable so for people <laughs> so I feel like sometimes we um we skip a lot of stuff detail because we um we already talked about these chapters of the manga but to kind of sum up some things that happened like Toru finally met Akito so that's interesting and then also we learned that Yuki clearly has a dark past with Akito in addition to Hattori who we saw before Haru, Meiji and Haru yeah, started at their school they started at school now all the kids are in like all the the main gang they're in second year so they're ruling the school except uh, yeah. <laughs> not for the president I guess except for the president <laughs> yeah we learned they're all great at badminton no I'm just kidding. yeah um, Nobody knows how to play badminton. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Which I think is accurate to real life. Probably. I don't know how to play badminton. Is it just like tennis? But anyway. So we're like, yeah, you just you just hit the you thing, do. right? As hard as you can. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I don't know, just a summary of the things. the Just the general things that happened. I guess so. I'm like, most of it's pretty unchanged, like you were saying. We get a little bit of expansion to some of the scenes, like we see Akito arriving at the school at the beginning. Mm, in the car. Yeah, in the car. In the car. And then, <laughs> uh, and we see like just some little bits that like we see Yuki seeing them talking before showing up. Yes. When it, with Akito and Toru, so just some little expansions to scenes. Yeah, it was interesting how he's so. It's really great. I, I think it's an interesting addition. So you're right. That scene isn't in the original, and then he runs. I think when he comes over in the manga he's already a little bit nervous looking here he looks super determined and then when he gets there and akito comes over to him his face changes mm-hmm. really dramatically which i think is a good addition because it just underlines so clearly how he how terrified he is of akito yeah and i think even just him like freaking out so much at seeing akito talking mm-hmm. to toru helps add to like how serious this whole akito thing is for him mm-hmm it's interesting that Akito gets like helped out of the car too, not to tack more yeah. things on, but I don't, I don't know why. There's something about it that's like, it just shows like I think that how, you know, how much power Akito has or something maybe mm-hmm. within the family. And then you got Toru just like pushing Akito around, which is really interesting. Yeah. So well, they also talk, they talk about you know Akito being frail and sickly a lot, mm-hmm. which I think it's I would say it's an interesting contrast between him being apparently pretty physically weak, but all the power and. Mm-hmm influence he holds over the other somas mm-hmm. when they're all like terrified of him it's true one scene that wasn't I, I felt like wasn't as emphasized as something that was in the manga is like when yuki leaves the group so when they say that akito is there and then yuki leaves he um in the in the manga it seemed like there was this extended 
like a panel where Kyo looks back at Yuki or looks at Yuki and he looks kind of concerned. Mm-hmm. And here I feel like that didn't really happen. So it's kind of yeah, interesting. It wasn't as emphasized as much. We still get them like watching him go, but but they're all kind of like sort oh, of he's a leaving. group. Yeah, sort yeah. of a group scene where they're watching. Yeah. So I feel like that kind of like point of development between the two of them wasn't necessarily highlighted. So mm-hmm. I'm sure like it's not really a big deal, but I thought it was it was something that stood out to me when we read the chapters, and so it not being there kind of like it also stands out a little bit. Mm-hmm. The one non-spoilery other thing that I wanted to discuss is like, uh, so on a, on a lighter note, the part where Kyo hits the wall, apparently Takaya says that this isn't a kavedan, which is like the thing, <laughs> the cliche thing where, um, or whatever, the trope where someone who has a love interest, like um, typically it's like a female character who's against the wall and the guy like kind of pounds the wall beside her with his hand or kind of traps her there with his hand and then has some kind of dramatic confession or whatever. So Takaya says it isn't a kavedan, which I think is funny. Because um, <laughs> I think that it is. But I don't know. I just wanted to know what you thought. <laughs> I think it's a deliberately invoked one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's But it's funny because it's invoked to... It's interesting because it's invoked to, like, scare the douchebag guys off. Yeah. Um, or to scare the, like, the guys who are clearly looking to take advantage of Toru off instead of do something to Toru which is really interesting so it's kind of a subversion of that trope yeah which is nice Kyo's just looking out for her mm-hmm. and then she can space out when he's there yeah <laughs> but not in a weird way or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if anything else happened we didn't really learn anything specific about the curse we didn't like I'm trying to think of the things that we normally kind of highlight so we didn't learn anything specific about the curse. A bunch of we kind of covered all the like just things that happened, plot things that happened, like people who started school and whatever. Hana said that she sent Shigure. I don't think that we I don't remember if we've she said specifically she can tell certain things about certain people or like it's kind of already been covered, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So we didn't learn anything new about Hana. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's everything that's not spoilery. I have spoilery yeah. things to talk to you about. Yeah, I have a couple spoilery things, but okay. I don't have anything else. Okay, well, in that case, this has been an efficient episode, I feel. <laughs> so, um, next anime break, we'll be talking about episode 13, which is called How Have You Been, My Brother? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so, yes, thank you all for listening, as usual. Um, we get notes and masks sometimes. If you want to send one yourself, you can send us a note on Tumblr or Twitter, or you can email us at staytogetherpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, staytogetherpodcast.com. There's like a form there that you can use to contact us. Um, also, if you're enjoying this podcast, I never say this. I don't think I've said it in a long time, but you can also leave a review and like rate the podcast in the app of your choice, which is also helpful for you know anybody else who might be looking to listen to a podcast about Faruba. There are a couple people who commented recently who were like, I'm so excited. Like, I was looking for more Furuba content and now I found it. So, if you want to help other people find good Furuba content or content that you might think is good, I can't say one way or another if I think it's good or not. That would be biased. I mean, <laughs> I think it's great. It's amazing. Um, if you, so if you want to let people or help people kind of find this, you're enjoying it and you want to help people find this, leave a message or leave a, you can leave a review and a rating and that's all helpful for us getting higher in the charts and junk like that. I don't know how these things work. I just record the podcast. Listen. Um, so that all being said, thank you for listening. And we're going to talk about some spoilery things after the music. And then if you're not sticking around for spoilers, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we're back to talk about spoilers. 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 <laughs> I was thinking, I was just thinking we say the same thing every time. But also I was thinking like, you know how podcasts, recently I was thinking, I was walking from home from work and I was like, you know, podcasts have like a sign-off thing that they do sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like stay classy. That's not a podcast, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like, uh, I was watching a YouTube series that's like about paranormal stuff and they keep saying stay spooky, which is really funny. <laughs> um, and I was like, I wonder what it would be for this podcast. Like stay fruity. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. There's a person who talks about game design. It's called like snowman's gaming or something. And he says, stay frosty. Stay frosty. <laughs> so, you know, stay fruity. Stay together. Stay together. <laughs>
let's all stay together. See you next time. No, I don't know. <laughs> stay together I mean. <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about spoilers. Not weird sign-offs that we could be doing or couldn't be. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Can I start? I'm really excited about this. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, good. <laughs> so... I think, you know how sometimes we talked about how the dialogue is tweaked a little bit um, between, like, the manga and the anime, or at least, like, the translation of the manga and the subtitles of the anime or whatever, like, the things that we understand without having to dig into it? One thing that I noticed was that Toru says, I shove my way between them without thinking when she pushes Akito. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the manga, it was translated as, I can't believe I interfered like that. And I just thought it was interesting how that choice alludes to the overall conflict between her and Akito. And so mm-hmm. it's already being set up. They use this as an opportunity to kind of like, or maybe, I don't know, I feel like you could interpret it as being used as a way to set up that conflict here at this point. Yeah. Which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a really minor change. And she says it also in the um, in the dub. Like that's the line in the dub when she's looking yeah. at her hands. So I thought it was cool. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a good translation choice. The other thing that I thought was interesting was like, so we just we just read a part, something that, okay, like, I don't know if this is really a deliberate connection, but it's a connection that I feel like I had when I was watching this again. So we just read the part of the manga. If you're listening to this episode by episode, you would have just listened to the one where we did, talked about, um, we did the summary, I guess, of the uh, part of the manga where Toru learns about Kyo's true form, which seems in the manga I think like a bigger moment than this but then thinking back I feel like I wonder if this is like a parallel kind of moment in her relationship with Yuki like she didn't learn exactly what the deal was with Yuki but she saw kind of like how scary Akito is and how scared Yuki was and did something to intervene mm-hmm. which is I felt like it's kind of a parallel to learning about Kyo's true form and then kind of almost like intervening Again, like against himself <laughs> or so or whatever, right? Um, and got kind of involved and and um, deep developed a deeper connection with them because of it. So I kind of wondered if you, uh, I don't know. I thought that was an interesting. It could be interpreted as a parallel in their development. I feel like I always saw it as kind of a parallel to um, the earlier scene when Shigure, like. I can't remember exactly what it says, but oh, says thing to freak Kyo out, and he goes running off, and then Toru goes and finds him. The date, like when he's annoying Kyo, yeah. and he's like, why don't you get to know Yuki better, and then he runs mm-hmm. off. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It's her like, seeing like some kind of darkness there that she's not sure what to do about, or mm-hmm. she can even do anything about it yet, but is able to kind of help them temporarily. Mm-hmm. Okay, like kind of distracting from the current problem yeah basically actually that's a better connect that's a better parallel i think it's a more accurate parallel where it's mm-hmm. like i don't know what the deal is but i can what i can do right now is distract them or tell them that it's okay or that you know whatever mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point yeah i wonder i wonder if there's another equivalent yuki toru <laughs> moment that's like Kyo's true form yeah i mean maybe like at the beach i don't know We'll see, won't we? <laughs> I feel like I feel like I like, almost have one in mind, but not well enough to remember it exactly. Or maybe there's a better moment with like him and and Machi rather than him and Toru. <laughs> That's also a possibility. Kind of a moment I can remember with him and Kakiru. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because you just want to see Yuki Kakiru everywhere. I get it. <laughs> not... There is because he... it's like the exact scene where he's like thinking about the. The room. the room yeah it's when he kind of tells yeah, he doesn't like telling the details but kind of tells him some of the issues so. yeah no you're right <laughs> I, love... I mean i do ship it but <laughs> i like to tease you but you're right <laughs> there's probably a couple like i feel like yuki kind of distributes his angst whereas kyo really the only person he really has that kind of relationship with is toru so it's like they it's the same things happen but only with between them i guess yeah very rarely between other like, people. Yeah, it feels like kind of almost like as the series goes on, Kyo's development is more about like learning to embrace Toru and Yuki's is kind of about letting her go and mm-hmm. going out to the wider world. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that the way that he feels about her is like not the way that he thought he felt about her, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like he interprets the way that he feels about her as being romantic when really what it is is that he just like 
hasn't had a close relationship with another person before and this mm-hmm. is just like what having a good friend or like someone who you treat like your family is like like your yeah. real family not your family who's abusive and scary. Your shitty family. yeah exactly <laughs> your family who like dumped you your parents who dumped you and you know other authority figures who abused you yes yeah so. your brother who's trying a little too hard now <laughs> <laughs> wasn't really there before <laughs> he has good intentions i'm so excited for next time i can't wait to hear yeah. you're ready to voice act Ayami again oh my god <laughs> I'll have to drink coffee beforehand or something so that I can talk really fast. It's the only way we'll be able to get through this episode in less than an hour. <laughs> I managed to do the hostess twice, so I <laughs> yeah. guess I can do a Yame twice. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Also, like, we got, so we got some more, like, ex- I was talking about some scenes that were expanded, and I kept mm-hmm. a couple for here because uh, yes. we see a little bit more of Akito's breakdown in Yuki's flashbacks. Yes. Depending on the walls. You only got kind of you know, half-framed glimpses of that in the manga, but we saw more of her, like, painting wildly on the walls. Yes. I think in the manga, all you saw was a paintbrush. And like, like, a paintbrush and, like, an evil baby Akito smile. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you don't really see, like, you can kind of, like, if you look at the anime scene slower, like, you can see Akito's losing it in that scene. Mm-hmm. I think you can tell that it's Akito, <laughs> which is why I didn't yeah. hesitate to say that. In the manga, I did. When we talked about this character yeah. in the manga, I was like, and then you see a crazy face or whatever. And, yeah. Um... And kept it purposely more vague, but here I think you can see there's some things yeah. that are like clearer in the manga. I feel like we talked about a couple, like the um, uh, the part with Kyo, um, where you see the bag in the anime. You see like the bag when he's remembering the accident, Kyoko's accident. Mm-hmm. He's you see the bag like fly and some blood or whatever, and then versus yeah. like in the manga, it's like very obviously a person, an outline of a person. So it's kind of hard to tell, like. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it was a little more obscure. So sometimes I, yeah. I switch it up a little bit in the in the summary, depending on how uh, yeah how obfuscated it is. <laughs> yeah. In this case, it was less. It was more obvious. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. and it, they made it more obvious that Yuki's talking to Shigure when he's mm-hmm. gonna get me out of here. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention um, was that Akita or Shigure has like a creepy smile in that scene, I think in the manga and yeah. that was cut. It's just him standing there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's like pulled back and kind of dim enough that you can't really get it. Yeah. You can't see his look face. on his expression, no. but it's obviously Shigure, which it wasn't in the, that version of the, of this chapter oh, in the just, manga. Oh, it wasn't. It was just like a person's sleeve. It did, all you saw was, you saw it from like Shigure's perspective. Oh, and so, like Yuki, like reaching up and grabbing the sleeve and saying, get me out of here, mm. which I mean, you could infer that it was Shigure mm. just cause he's the one, talking in that scene but mm-hmm. we do have flashbacks that are unrelated to who's talking sometimes so yeah often i feel like <laughs> yeah yeah it was obviously shigure you can tell it's obviously him from the way that he stands and whatever mm-hmm. um, just to to gush about the dub voice for aikido again so i'm good. really impressed at the uh, ambiguity that she's getting through with her voice yes i know she's done some like young male characters in dubs before like she's done like luffy and one piece and stuff mm-hmm. that voice actress so i think she's walking a really nice line of not obviously masculine or feminine mm-hmm. for sure it is quite um she's doing a good job i don't know i agree with you yeah and also she's doing a good job being scary mm-hmm. um which is cool and kind of like someone who acts like they have a lot of power yeah um like not kind even of. needing to be scary yeah kind of like a easy sleazy confidence <laughs> yeah which is slightly different than kind of like the character that i think the voice actress who's playing akito in, in japanese is doing where it's like mm-hmm. more so being really intimidating it's a bit more sinister i yes. think the japanese version yeah i think so yeah yeah they're the same character but they're just played in a slightly different way mm-hmm. that really communicates a lot which i think is interesting yeah and those are yeah those are both aspects of akito's character sure. One is emphasizing one part more than the other, yeah. and vice versa. Like uh, in the dub, it's more like Akito. It's the Akito who had everything given to her, and then in the in the sub, it's like the Akito who's going to have everything taken away. Like it's yeah. really. And I felt like I have a note that says Akito's anxiety about losing Yuki is full on real in the car scene where, yeah. um, like you can really tell. Um, at least in the, I think in both, but especially in the sub. Mm. 
like yeah. how much anxiety is really there and also because of the dialogue i think might be a little yeah. bit different than the way it's translated i think it's yeah i think it's longer it felt like she was talking so. more in the car so it felt more like oh yeah definitely totally nothing's going wrong here yeah <laughs> yeah for sure it's like everything's fine you're still afraid fine. of me you know that you know that he can't forget me you know there's no way that he can forget me <laughs> like it's very uh yeah, like you can, you can. That really, I think, comes through better in the anime than it did in the manga, which is nice mm-hmm. on both in both versions. But yeah, yeah, it's cool. It was really good. This is, I think, the most. It's the most Akito we've seen so far. So yeah, I was looking forward to it for both the sub and the dub to see because yes. we've only had like a couple lines at a time from Akito so far. Yes, it's a really good dub. Like just in general. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if just like anime dubbing has gotten better in general or something, but like. Yeah, I think it's definitely gotten better in general, but I think you can also feel that, like, this cast and crew has affection for this series. Mm-hmm. And, you know, putting, you know, good effort into making it good. Yeah, it must be rare to get the opportunity to do something again. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can see, like, I looked at um the voice actress that plays Akito is Colleen Clinkenbeard. So I was looking at her IMDb earlier, and it's like, you can see they play the same role, for example, like, multiple times because she was in, like, FMA. So, mm-hmm. um like you get maybe you get the opportunity to play the same character multiple times but in this case it's probably so rare like for fruits basket there's been like you know whatever tens of years 15 years or something in between so they had all that time to think about it more you Mm -hmm. know (laughs) yeah and it's like really the same because you're like like a whole new adaptation like sometimes when they get to play the same character more than once it's sort of a different version Mm mm-hmm of the series and stuff where like oh this is the movie of the anime from 10 years ago or mm-hmm. whatever yeah it's like shorter the direction's a little different or something like mm-hmm. yeah i don't know in this case yeah. like even the the two full alchemists are fairly different that's true not as much at the beginning but thing but like even like this the old uh, anime and this one there aren't there aren't that different in what happens it's just that it got cut off earlier mm-hmm. and some tonal shifts but otherwise it's pretty similar so. The objective incidents, the things that happen in the plot, are the same, yeah. mostly so far. There's a couple things that were added, but like when you get the full end-to-end perspective of the series, you can play Akito as somebody who's who's jealous. You can play Akito mm-hmm. as somebody who's scary. I think in like the earlier versions, you just get Akito being mysteri- mysterious and scary, and that's like all that you can kind of interpret, right? So yeah. Like, when you have that, I guess, that perspective and time to digest it and, and see the full kind of, like, end of the story, yeah. I think like, it gives you, know, you better insight. Yeah, like, especially with a character like Akito, who has a lot of interiority that you don't get until mm-hmm. much later in the series that you can now use to inform your role. But even, like, even the characters who you did get more depth on, Yuki, Kyo, Toru, they have a lot more depth from later in the series. So. Mm-hmm. Depth to their depth as you said. Yes. <laughs> in a recent episode. <laughs> yeah. And it must be so interesting as a as a performer to get to do that again. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's cool. And it clearly, it shows. Like, you can, it shows in the way that they acted and um, their, I don't know, just like the quality of their, all their acting is also good, is better, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, she played Mia Faye in the Ace Attorney anime. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't we talked about that before. I feel like we've had this conversation. I wonder if we talked about when we talked about Akito the first time. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Because you were like, oh, I was like, that's right. I recognized her voice, um, I guess, from probably from FMA because she played Riza. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. I feel like you should have Laura Bailey play Toru and then have Laura Bailey play Akito. <laughs> <laughs> you could do it, probably. <laughs> it would be so good. Well, she played Lust, right? So Yeah. Uh, so good. <laughs> I did think it was interesting how how they um, chose to represent Kyo as being really like enraged rather than like suspicious about Akito being there, mm-hmm. um, or something like this much more intense emotional reaction. Yeah, I wonder why. Like, I wonder if he's just he sees them, he sees Akito talking about Toru and Yuki. Like, it's hard to tell if he actually saw that or if he just saw that Akito was there. I do feel like Kyo has the most like just straight up anger. Yes. toward Akito probably because he's like had probably the least direct exposure exposure to akito mm-hmm. but you know akito's still responsible for everything terrible in his life <laughs> basically and they also well they have the bet so yeah i wonder if that has anything to do with that like 
Kido's like, oh, you still haven't beaten him yet. And Kira's mm-hmm. like, go away. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know what would be, I don't know how, basically, like, I wonder, the choice to represent him is so angry. I wonder what is supposed to be going on with his character because it's not clear from this episode or something that we've seen mm-hmm. so far why he's so angry. Unless it's obvious, yeah. like, he's worried about, just worried about him being there. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> oh, one thing that we could talk about. Uh, so Uo is like, oh, I guess Yuki, maybe Yuki will be president next year or whatever. Yeah. And I can't remember if she said that in the uh, in the manga. Hold on, I'm checking right now. Yeah, I thought she might, that there might have been a change. Oh, that's where the prince is. Yeah, I don't think that she said that in the manga. Mm-hmm. So I think that was just a little tiny added line that also alludes yeah. to him becoming president. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uo's a soothsayer. What can I say? Yeah. She knows things. <laughs> I think Hana is the one with the sixth sense, but no. Yeah. It's Uo. Okay, so uh, I think that's it for now. Thank you all for listening. Next episode, I know I got a couple messages from people who were like, I can't wait for the discussion on Wednesday. I can't wait. Like, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so next episode that comes out is going to be the continuation of it's part two of um where we discussed uh what happened with kyo's true form so i know everyone's already excited for it <laughs> based on the response that i saw on the social networking so i'm excited and i already know what we say yeah i already know what we say except i kind of <laughs> forgot i have to edit it still so <laughs> i'm excited to listen to it again and edit it <laughs> you're excited to edit it and go man we made some good points yes exactly <laughs> I do that every time. It's really funny because I listen to it and I'm like, interesting. And then I like listen to it again when it comes out. And I'm like, that was good. Like, <laughs> it takes multiple times. And then people still send comments and they're like, that part where you said that thing. And I'm like, I don't remember what we said. So, <laughs> so listen recently... to it and then give yourself a little like shoulder bump from the end of Breakfast Club. Yeah. <laughs> you did good, kid. I say to myself. <laughs> Or I'm like, man, this is a great podcast. <laughs> like, as if I'm not the one who makes it. Like, oh, I enjoy listening to it. <laughs> everyone should subscribe to this podcast. Yes, everyone should. I have no ulterior motive for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Just a real good podcast. Real good. Anyway, <laughs> so if you stuck around through the spoilers and all our, like, banter then <laughs> thank you all for listening. <laughs> uh, like I said earlier, you can send us notes. We do. I, I joked about, like not remembering stuff that we say and stuff and people sending notes, but I do always appreciate them. They're wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love it. Someone recently, there's a couple people who were like, I just found the podcast. And that also makes me really happy. I'm like, yay, you found it. I don't know. Our <laughs> so, hearts go three sizes. Every time. Someday our hearts are going to be really big. Unlike Akito's, who's shriveled and small. Yes. Akito's <laughs> smile looked decidedly grinchy. And I really <laughs> strongly avoided putting that into my description, but it was like curled up at the... the <laughs> cheeks whatever on the ends i was like you you just look so evil like so contorted but i mean it'll all be revealed that akito has reasons for everything of course so we'll see (laughs) anyway like i said uh send us your notes you can rate review and subscribe and junk in all the podcast places and we will see you next time Bye. bye You're listening to Let's Do Together Anime Break, the subseries of Let's Do Together where we talk about Fruits Basket 2019. Bird! (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Let's Do Together Anime Break, the subseries. Shush, shush, shush. (laughs) The subseries of Let's Do Together where we talk about Fruits Basket 2019. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. I'm Bowie. Huh? So he's like, I'm Bowie. Eat, eat. That's what he was trying to say all this time. Mm-hmm. I like how I was writing my notes and um, I was like, Haru is the master of, of pathos. And then I got to the part where he, he's like, oh, it's just rhetorical. And I was like, yeah, that's damn right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really funny. To myself, at least. <laughs> has to be funny to someone. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> There's people that listen to this podcast other than me and you, so it's probably funny. <laughs> The crossover between Ruba fans and what philosophy majors? <laughs> you mean people who took like a of like one hundred and one speech class or whatever? <laughs> it's like the four types of argument, rhetorical arguments are.
<laughs> yeah. Anyway, regardless, I'm sure there is a crossover. <laughs> we haven't sung any. We haven't made any musical references in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I feel like we're not living up to our end of the crossover of people who like musicals and people who like Faruba. I'm sure I can make more of an effort. It is almost 4th of July, so it's time to watch 1776. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Hamilton, but yeah, 1776. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton all t- almost all takes place after. The <laughs> Decidedly, <laughs> probably several years after, right? I think only the like intro song that like summarizes his life beforehand really takes place before. <laughs> I honestly wouldn't know because I still haven't listened to it. Like, jump. <laughs> But yeah, I believe you. <laughs> You're right. <laughs>